Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Today, we're back with another story of the housing crisis. This housing crisis is continuing to worsen. It is something that we've been trying to do for quite a while now is bring people's stories forward because we think this is so important to hear the human reality of what is going on. Um, So much of the debate and discussion about housing is about figures, about supply, demand. There's not enough in it about the reality of what does this mean for people. Um, I'm joined today on Reboot by Lisa from Kerry, um, who's going to tell us I suppose in terms of herself, a um, bit about herself and what is her housing situation and views on this. Lisa, thanks a million for joining us today on Reboot Republic. Thanks, Rory, for having me. So, Lisa, yeah, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself first? And Yeah, so um, I am a self-employed beautician, complementary therapist. Um, I'm in business with over 11 years. Um, I have a daughter who is 16 and I parent alone and um, yeah so basically I have was put into the RAS scheme 12 years ago yeah and I would have been one of the first ones to go into that scheme Um, and as far as I know like that was kind of brought in to kind of reduce the housing list and those on rent allowance when the recession kind of hit so I had been, initially I didn't want a council house. I went on the council list to get rent allowance, uh, wasn't pushing for a council house. And then I moved back to my hometown and I said, look, it'd be great to get a council house. Spent about two years wondering, waiting, am I going to get one? And you know what? It wrecks your head. And I decided there and then, you know what? I'll work my way towards buying my own house. But I was put into the RAS scheme with Kerry County Council. and. um which is great. It's fantastic to have it, like rather than me paying full price of rent or whatever. But um, so I was renting through a private landlord, obviously, um, which, you know, you know, the deal with landlords, they don't really want to do a whole pile. So you'd deal with that all the years. Um, And then it was kind of inevitable, really, that that particular person was going to lose the house. They were in trouble and um, I had always kind of had it in my head that hopefully I'd have the opportunity to purchase this house. So about just over three years ago, I got a letter in on a Friday evening from um, the receivers of the property to say that they they now own the property, which, of course, left me wondering all weekend because I couldn't ring anybody as to where I stood then. And um, so eventually got contact with Grant Thornton with the receivers and they were like look we're happy enough to rent it out to you so I was like right okay that's great I did show interest in wanting to buy the property my solicitor issued a letter to the property management company at the time which of course they never acknowledged and um, in all that time they were happy enough they carried out work that needed to be done up until 2020 and in January I think 2020 I got an eviction notice from the property management company saying that there was I think it was 11,000 owing in rent and I was like what is this so basically long story short on that end they were sending me eviction notice for rent that they hadn't got from Kerry County Council 
because they themselves did not send in a tax clearance cert for them to get their rent for Kerry County Council to pay them. So this, like that, they were phoning me as well, kind of going, is it sorted? And I'm like, what do you mean it's not sorted? So this was kind of going on at the beginning of the pandemic. And come, was it October, when we were, the day we went into the second lockdown, actually, I got another eviction notice in the door from them. And I was like, as you can imagine, absolutely hysterical. We were going into another lockdown. I'm getting another eviction notice, which obviously they weren't supposed to be doing any of this throughout the lockdown. And um, again, there I am, like I had to get onto my solicitor to issue the whole lot of them solicitor's letter to get this sorted. So that was to be sorted. And then January last year. Okay, so yes. Yeah, so I got onto my solicitor then to get onto everybody involved to sort it out. And then it was to be sorted from what I was hearing back from councillors that it was to be sorted. And then come January 21, I got another eviction notice from them saying there was something like, I think, 200 euros or something owing. And again, I get on to Kerry County Council and I'm like, like, what's going on? So they had to look into it again because they were like, it is sorted. And basically the spiel that the property management company brought back to them was that, oh, there was some 200 euros not updated in the system. So the system automatically sent out an eviction notice, which is a load of crap, because if that was the case, then I would have been getting eviction notices every month with the previous, whatever, two years at that stage. Yeah. Um, so that was being sorted. Then come, was it February? I think last year I got a letter from them increasing the rent. Okay. Now they're not supposed to be sending me anything. They were never supposed to be contacting me because they were to deal with Kerry County Council. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They were just tormenting me this whole time. And again, I got onto Kerry County Council about that and they were like, look, leave that. It's fine. We'd sort it. Presumed it was sorted. So that was that. And then in, I think it was May last year, I was in the middle of work. I think I just took a quick break and I was just looking through my phone. I had a message from a friend going, you know, hi, Lisa, I see your house is up and daft. And I was like, what? No and way. lo and behold, I'm there looking up daft and there is my house. I was like, as you can imagine, and then like yes. like that, I work with people on a very personal level yeah. and I'm trying to go in and deal with clients then and, you know, not mess up a treatment and trying to keep my head together. And I'm like, I need to ring this one and I need to ring that and I need to ring a solicitor and I need to, you know, find out what's what. But I couldn't do any of that there and then. I had to wait till the following day. And um, yeah, they came. I know when they took it, I was actually painting the sitting room obviously the day they took it because I had my blinds up and my curtain pole standing in the window. So they waited obviously till I was gone. They waited till neighbours were gone and took the photo. My God. Um, yeah. And um, so there I was, it was up by Bidex for 90,000 and it was to go up for an online auction three weeks later. Being put so up for I, sale. Yeah. In an auction. Yeah. While you were still living in it. Yeah. Yeah. And after I had told them, you know, I would be interested in buying the property. So I had three weeks of hell, just utter hell. I swear I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy with trying to get my accounts done 
trying to get mortgage applications in, which I knew were going to be a waste of time because obviously I've been on the PUP. I've been closed half of last year and nearly half of the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so there I am in like, you know, trying to get documents together and trying to get them in. Oh, I said like I had meltdowns. I had meltdowns in establishments in my hometown. So they were looking at me like, what is going on? But like, you're trying to get it and I'm trying to work at the same time and go into the salon and keep ahead. Unbelievable trying to manage all that. Um. And then I, I registered for the bid, you know, and like in the meantime, I have people coming around my house snooping, you know, and people that know damn well I've been living in this property for 12 years. Um, none of them could come up to the door and knock and say, Lisa, can you buy it? If yeah. I couldn't, fine. There's nothing I could do about the situation, but I was in a position to buy it. Yeah. Um, because like that, you know, they tell you save regularly, get a deposit together. I do that. It makes no difference. Like yeah. the only ones that would have granted me a mortgage were the credit union. The banks wouldn't do it. They don't. They look at the figures and they tot it up and whatever they want you to have disposable income at the end of the month, which is ridiculous. They won't even send it off to central office. But with what I could have got from the credit union and what I saved, I could have bought it for that 90,000 or some bit more. Yeah. Um, so then I was dealing with that that whole time. And then when it came eight o'clock on a Friday morning um, and I had rang Bidex the days before, is there anyone else registered? And I think on the Tuesday was nobody. On the Thursday, your man told me there was one other. Now, I had taken the days before off work and the week after off work because I knew I wouldn't be able to cope. Yeah. We're trying to deal with people and trying not to mess up a treatment with somebody and deal with all this. So I wasn't in work on the Thursday. And like when he told me there was somebody registered, I just I just went to bed. That's really what I did. I went to bed. Oh, it's awful. Can you do? You know, and then the morning of, you know, I'm here with my mother and my daughter and you're sitting in front of a computer screen wondering like whether you're going to have a roof over your head in two hours time or not. And as the bid started, I realized there was three other people in. Yeah. And of course, every time I saw a new person, I was just like, you know, um, and I was like, I'm the only one that's losing my home here. Yeah. Um, And that goes on for two hours, two hours of torture. Like, cause like there really is no need to have it on for two hours. Cause everyone's kind of drawing it out. Because you have to wait till the time gets to, I think it's at an hour and 50 minutes. Um, and then everyone's waiting to try and be the last bidder. Yeah. And what happens then, I don't know, when the clock goes over, like if somebody goes in at the last minute, it'll start up again at 60 seconds and it starts, you know, counting down. And then everyone's waiting, obviously, for the last few seconds yeah. to be the last bidder. So it's jumping yeah. up and up and up in front of you like, like it literally went from what was it? It was at about ninety eight thousand at about an hour and forty, and it went from that to one hundred and thirty five in like ten minutes of just Incredible. craziness. Yeah, and I mean, like I ended up going in above what I could afford to do. Yeah, oh, because like that, I had my brother on the phone. He's like, "Look, just go in again," and and you know, it got to the point. I went in. I dropped out at one hundred twenty nine thousand. And, you know, my brother was like, go. And I said, I can't. Like, where am I going to get it? And I mean, 
he could have helped me only the fact that they just moved back from England in January. So they're still only renting in Cork. Um, they're trying to buy in Cork. And of course, pr- prices have gone crazy and, you know, there's nothing available there. If they had their own place bought, he would have been in the position to help me. But because they were kind of in no man's land themselves, they they couldn't do it at that time. Yeah, of course. So yeah. like he was like, just go in. And I was like, I can't, I can't. So where am I going to get it? And like this could have gone, kept rolling over and rolling over. Um, and then like that, somebody else bid after me. And then your man jumped like, was it about 3,000? And yeah, that was it. 135,000, which was for nothing for the house that it is. Yeah. Uh, it's probably worth a little bit more. But um, you weren't yeah. able to buy it. No, your no. home, my home, and I mean this house. I'll tell you, looks a lot better now than it was when I moved into it. You know, um, I got out to laugh. What things have you done to it? So, like, I've painted it. Um, I've carpeted it. Like everything is mine. Curtains, carpet, every bit of furniture inside in it is mine. Because I suppose in all these years, I had hoped to either buy this house or be able to buy some house. Yeah. And knowing the banks weren't giving me anything, I bought my furniture. I've lived my life like I've bought what I need. And my hope was that all I now need to do was to buy the house and I wouldn't have the expense of having to buy furnishings. So I have all my stuff. Like all I need is the shell. And now here we are. And like it's back to the council are like, we need to house you. And I'm so like, what, what oh, is your situation in, in with the house now? Do you have to leave? I have till the beginning of June. So I have seven of June. months. Yeah. From they gave the notice. So like I had to wait. Obviously there was rumors flying as to who bought and what's what around. But um from what I know, obviously the person that bought it is local, another person that was bidding it is local. I assumed the third person was local. It was so funny the amount of people when it happened was like, Oh, they're not locals, they're outsiders. No local would do that. <laughs> I was like, You wanna bet? I'm a woman. I'm a mother. They'll have no problem doing this to any woman. If there was a man here, it would be a different story. It would be a different story. Because there was another property that went for sale about three weeks before mine and nobody bid on it because of who would, who owned it. The, vun- yeah, so, the vulnerability is they feel that they can yeah, boot it you is. out. And, oh, without a doubt. Like, um, And then I had to wait. So it was sold. That was the beginning of June. So... I had the whole summer wondering what's the story with who bought it? Are they going to leave it in, leave me in it? So it wasn't till October, I think early October, I got a new contract from the council to sign. So they'd get their rent. And then about a week later, they sent the eviction notice. Yeah. So I have till the beginning of June. But so like that, it's back to now, depending on the council to house me. And like I had said to them or one of the guys in the office, I was like, I'm not going into another rental. I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I mentally cannot do it. And I mean, like, I'm a strong person. Anyone that has no male tell you I'm a strong person, but I can't, I can't do it again. To sit and wait and wonder when you have to get out. So the counts because the council have messed up here, like they have it and they know it. Um, so they're like, we have to house you. So I'm like, okay, where are you going to do that? Yeah, you don't have anything. 
they brought in a policy three years ago that they can't buy up any old properties because I never pushed when this was taken over by the banks for them to buy it because my hope was to buy it. But when they started sending out eviction notices because they hadn't got rent and of course we were in COVID, I did say, can you buy it? Yeah. Like, oh, we can't buy old properties. And this is originally a council house that was built in this 70 years ago. It's originally uh, a council house. It's originally a council house with oh an extension God. on it. Yeah. It is just sad mm-hmm. irony of that. Yeah. You know, and they're fine houses. Absolutely. I tell you, I'd buy one of these before I buy a new build any day. They're structurally sound, warm houses. Um, and like I said to me, built this house. So their policies that they brought in three years ago, they said they can't buy up old houses. Then, like your man was saying, the housing officer was saying from the end of December gone, they can't buy up new houses. So I was like, what are you supposed to do? Build. So I'm like, like, how's that going to work? Yeah. Where? When? Who's going to build them? You know, there's there's nothing here. And what council houses that may be there, they're way smaller than what I've been in. And like I said to them, don't judge me for being snobby here. I'm not being snobby. You put me into a very decent sized four bedroom house. And I have my life, you know, built around that. Like, am I supposed to sell my belongings so I can, which I don't want to do, to go into a house that the council have to now supply me because the banks won't lend so I can buy or the way things have gone with house prices or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. And how is your daughter in all this? Um, oh, she was like the day of the auction, of course. <laughs> like, Sean, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it'll be grand, it'll work out, we'll get it. And she kind of realized when she realized that we're losing it, she just was hysterical, like, absolutely hysterical. Um, and you know, I think, look, at the moment, she's okay, but uh, I think when the time comes, I think she'll, she's distraught because like that it's she's been here since she was three yeah you know we've walked down the same stairs with 12 years every christmas morning to see you know what santi brought yeah um our neighbors are the best um i rely on them as much as they rely on me i mean like that when you're on your own like as a single parent you know that's they're like extended family yeah yeah. You know, and they are like, I mean, if I'm like, it might only be, I don't know, a mile up the town or whatever, like, but you're still starting all over again. And who knows, like, good neighbors are rare. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody that you can call in to go, like, I don't know, if you bowl of sugar or whatever. Mm. Well, it's um, relationships you build up over time as well. Yeah. It takes time to build the trust and. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, I don't want to move out of my home, out of the, the neighborhood. Um, you know, so it's it's just and like I you've no control. Like no control. To think my daughter is sixteen and did I ever think when I had her as bad as things were with not knowing how we were going to, you know, put a roof over your head that sixteen years later I'd be in the same worse situation. Um because like I said, I've worked. I got myself off loan parents. I set up my business. I've worked my ass off um, as much as I could with living in rural Ireland, which was hugely affected by this recession and years of governments completely ignoring rural yeah. Ireland. 
and you're trying fighting the whole time to trying to keep afloat and um you know property was for nothing in all these years and there was plenty of places that I remember looking at a place that was like 50,000 55,000 but I would have had some of it but I wouldn't even been able to get another whatever 20 or 30 to buy it never mind to do it up so you couldn't yeah and here we are now and you know property is a potential greenway coming here it was just announced last week after about 10 years of fighting that it's going ahead which is great but then there's another side of me that's going oh like what's that more people are going to buy up properties for airbnb yeah like prices are going to go up again so i can't buy there's nothing to buy there's nothing being built um there's already a huge problem here with people getting property there's nothing to rent you know so it's just and like yeah my business will increase with having that greenway two years down the line and my daughter will be 18 i'll no longer have a dependent for the banks to be looking at but will i get something will house prices be crazy you know are you worried about becoming homeless? I am. But like there's a side to me, like when people ask me, like, where are you going to go? And I'm like, the council have nothing. I'm like, well, I'm not moving. Yeah. Until they have that done. And I don't care. They can bring on the bailiffs. They can bring on the guards. I'm not moving. So, and... I think people would stand up for me in that. Yeah. Um, the people that did buy it, I'd say, are getting a bit of stick for it. Do they care? I don't know. Probably not. But I'm not moving until they have something. I'm not doing it. Where am I, where am I supposed to go? Like, and I mean, the amount of people that say to me, would you not move in with your mother? And I'm like, no, I'm not moving in with my mother. I can walk in the door myself and Shauna, no problem. But what am I supposed to do with all my stuff? You know, put it in storage. No, it's not happening. I mean, and it's like, and it's funny, you know, and all the debates that have gone on with housing, I've never heard the topic of why aren't the banks lending to people that can clearly function and pay a mortgage. Just because the figures don't add up for them doesn't mean they can't manage a mortgage. You know, I mean, and I know so many women and women that are single parents that are running businesses with numerous staff and own business premises, but they can't get mortgages. Yeah. Like, are you telling me a man that will walk into the bank in the same situation would be refused the same way a woman is. Yeah. Well, well, I think that there's a real, there is a real issue there of that exclusion from lending, mm-hmm. you know, of, yeah. and of course it's, it's like something it, just, it's just horrific, your situation. And of course it's not, it's not unique. Um, yeah. You know, and you know that as well. Yeah. There are others across the country who are, um, we've Absolutely. spoken to. Like I just can't, and I know they brought this in because I remember when the recession happened first, you heard of houses being, oh, so-and-so bought that off the banks for like 40,000. Um, and it was friends of friends in the banks probably half the time. And I think the government, did they bring in this policy that they had to be seen to be getting the most that they possibly could for the sale of a property? 
is that why they brought this in? Like, I don't know, yeah. like I used to laugh, like I didn't know until I saw the legal papers that it was AIB that sold the mortgage to Grant Orton. And um, like I actually went into the bank the following Monday and I was like, because I, I deal with them, I was like, I'm taking my savings out of here. Yeah. You couldn't even consider me for a mortgage. You're the ones that are initiating these situations. I've been with you since I was born. You couldn't even print off a statement when I asked you to. I'm like, we bailed you out. Yeah. And like, they're getting away with all this. Like, why couldn't they come to the tenant and say, give us whatever? Like, I know so many people, like, I hear so many stories from people that they could have bought it. Yeah. But instead, here we are with developers buying it. Yeah. You it's know? Just, no, it's so wrong. It is so wrong. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, you're right. It is back to this idea, you know, from the crash. It was, you know, what they did with NAMA, what they did with the banks. You know, mm-hmm. the government directed them very clearly mm-hmm. to maximize what they would get from yeah. the properties because at the heart of it all, was trying to reinflate property prices. Yeah. So they didn't want to keep house prices affordable. They didn't want tenants or people in your situation to be able to buy a home at 50,000 mm-hmm. or 60,000. They wanted to wait and maximize mm-hmm. what they would get out of it. Um because they didn't want to deal with all the debts on the on the the banks and they didn't want to have to go back to Europe and say, "Oh, look, we need to write down debt." They put the cost on people like you and people across, you know, this country and it it is just wrong. I think you're right to say you're staying in your home until you, mm-hmm. until the council finds somewhere. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I think something yeah. has to change. There is, and I've described it as a tsunami of, you know, eviction notices have been mm-hmm. served to renters up across, up and down the country because people are selling up, landlords are selling up, banks are selling up uh, property, and something has to give. Yeah. And I think that you're absolutely right. Um, are well, you scared? Are you worried? Yeah. Um like I mean you're like you're there, you're trying to run a business, you're trying to, you know, I'm supposed to be making people feel good and feel happy walking out my door, yet, you know, and everyone knows then and they'll always ask me, but like trying to keep it going. I mean, most days I don't even want I'm like, do I have to go to work? You know, it's just exhausting. I mean, like I'm 39 today and to think that, you know. You don't know what's ahead, you know, and like, like I said, I don't want like, it's so funny. Like I see so many people and we'll say, I don't know, they don't necessarily concentrate on having a career, you know, maybe they just hop from job to job, but because they have a man there, they have with a lovely house and a big house and they have everything. And you're just like, am I supposed to find a man? And the amount of times and come here, I had some politicians said that to me last week, need to find a rich husband. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Did someone actually say that to you? Yeah. Yeah. An elected politician. Councillor. Councillor. Yeah. Said yeah, you should find, find a should find a rich, a rich husband. husband. Yeah. That's like I don't think so. Why? I don't think so. Yeah. But you do feel like that. Like I'd love to be able, obviously, to buy this for my home. But to be able to show my daughter that I can do this, I don't need a man to do this. Yeah. You know, I don't and I shouldn't. But like, that's like I say to Shauna, I'm like, you knuckle down in school, girl, and you make sure you get a damn good job. 
And I said, you can go out of this country and make your money. Like if you need to go to Dubai, you go to Dubai and save what you can. If you want to come back and settle down here, fair enough. If you don't, fair enough. Because if you have to struggle the way I have to struggle, and I'm like, God forbid, do not get pregnant before you have a roof over your head. It's so funny. I say it to her, seven, friend, don't. I'm like, and that's not being like the old ways are you being told don't get pregnant. It's like, oh, frowned upon. Don't do it because it's impossible. Yeah. Like for single parents all over this country, it is, you suffer because of it socially. You know, and, and trying to get ahead. And like I said, business people, they're earning good money and they can't. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, it, yeah, it is it's crazy. The discrimination, it's discrimination, it's stigmatization, it's exclusion, you know, lone parents, one parent families, you know, who are women, mothers, heads have mm-hmm. been the ones who are, you know, suffered most actually mm-hmm. over the last decade of austerity of cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the poverty levels, you look at the deprivation levels. Um, and as you say, many, many like yourself as well, in terms of who are, you know, self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but are excluded um, and the system excludes you and it is just, it is utterly wrong. Um, and I, and I think that there's something, you know, just, I think is important in this to highlight to people is, you know, what home means, because there's this idea that also you can just move and, and go somewhere else mm. for you. What does your home mean to you? What is it? Why, why does it matter? Oh, like obviously it's the security. Um, and the stability and the memories. And look, I always loved decorating. It was one of my second options with going to college was interior design. So like, I love making a place a home, you know, and making it cozy and comfortable and lovely and warm. And I am attached to stuff. And I, like when somebody said to me today, why don't you just like, if, cows will give you a smaller house sell your furniture no no like I love my stuff I put so much time and effort into it and I've made it nice for me and my daughter and my dogs and my cats I mean even the dogs and the cats are going to lose out here because they call to the neighbors for you know their bits of food and they have their dog friends across the way and everything like it's not just (laughs) me and my daughter um you know, like, oh, like I love it. And it's, and I know this house, like I've lived in a damp house where it actually gave me asthma, which, and I'm not asthmatic. I know this house is warm. It's not expensive to run it. Yeah. So like where I may possibly end up, what's that going to cost? Is it going to be damp? It's, is it going to have mold in it again? You know, I know this is home and I have the security of it yeah you know um yeah yeah no and I can see you know and here you know you're upset and it's just it is it's just unimaginable being you know your home of 12 years been told to leave and as you say been so close to to being able to buy it and what that Mm -hmm. security would have meant and Mm -hmm. just how how wrong you know how wrong that all is and 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 it's again showing people and it is important that we show you know the real 
you know, mental health impact mm-hmm. of this, you know, the social impact, the, you know, what it's doing to you, you know, your daughter, that this is wrong. Like, this is not something that is, you know, this is a home, it's it's housing, it's, it's a basic human need. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be able to be the case that, you know, yeah. you can now be just evicted of your home of 12 mm-hmm. years that... Yeah, it's it's like like you said there. I was to think I was so close to be able to make it mine. Yeah, and now I couldn't be more further from it than ever being able to own my own place because of what has gone on between house prices and supply, and again banks. Like that was my opportunity, and I mean the fact that. They got three years rent from when they, you know, took over the property. Why not come to me? They put it up for 90,000. Why not have come to me and say, right, Lisa, give us 110. Yeah. And the three years rent, it's yours. Yeah. You know, I mean. It's a state owned bank. Yeah. EIB is a state owned bank. Yeah. You know, so it's. It's like, just, I mean, like, isn't it costing the government more? I mean, I've worked out they've spent, what, almost 100000 on rent for me here with the last 12 years. And here they are again now. Like, if they had bought it or if I'd had the opportunity to buy it, then I wouldn't be costing the state. Yeah, yeah. You know, does it not work out cheaper in the long run? Are they not are they looking at that? Like... Yeah. You know, I mean, that was an opportunity for me to be done with them. And like, I hate having to ring Kerry County Council. What's going on with this? What's going on with that? And most of the time to be spoken down to like you were, I don't know what, you know, um, you're like, uh, hello, you know, I, I'm not the reason I'm here. Depending yeah. on you, yes, okay, maybe there's a lot of people that do. How, how do they speak to you? How do the council speak to you? Normally, before this, oh, you you just get attitude. It's like, oh, what do you want now, kind of thing. Since this, happened, <laughs> what is their job like? <laughs> yeah, to provide yeah. the service to you know, housing is a service. Yeah. It's a key public service. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but that's like in all the years, like I said, there was times where there was jobs that should have been done in this house and the landlord wasn't doing it. So I'd get onto the council and they're like, oh, well, it's not on us. It's on the landlord. Yeah, but he's not doing it. Yeah. You're paying him. Yeah. You know, it was always like, yeah. Now, since this has happened, there's different people I'm dealing with. They're very nice. Very nice. But before that, all these years, and like that, you get that as a single parent. I've had that in social welfare and everything like that over the years where it's like, oh, you know, single parents. You do. You're completely treated like you're a piece of dirt on their shoe. And I have used that expression to people over the years. And I'm like, you know, you're the ones that are messing up here, not not me. No, you know? absolutely. It, like, it's a long, go on, sorry. Like I had that years ago. I remember there was something. What happened? I think the council offered me houses, but it was through this RAS scheme. And I said no because of where they were or that there was dampness. And they took my rent allowance off me. And they shouldn't have done it because they shouldn't have offered me over the phone in the first place. And these were only through the RAS scheme. They weren't like permanent council houses. 
and they had stopped my rent at the time. And I remember your man, um, he was in the, wasn't the council, he's the, so, was it the social welfare office or something like that? So ignorant, so ignorant. I remember ringing one day because my allowance was supposed to be in the post office. It wasn't there. And I just said who I was. And he absolutely ate me on the phone. I said, just giving out that, oh, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. He was just giving out about like, it'll be there. or I don't know. I remember like I rang to find out when it will be there because I went in and it was supposed to be there and it wasn't there. Um, and I just remember him like I was crying I came off the phone my mother was like what happened and I was like he ate me and I remember saying it to him I'm not a piece of shit on the end of your shoe yeah you, you're the ones that messed up here yeah. the council messed up here not me but I was like you should again, be apologizing to mm. be treating someone who's mm-hmm. you know in a situation of you know mm-hmm. housing need that it's their yep. job like it's it's just and I horrible. know I know older women that went into this guy for things and he was so nice. I was like, what? The same person? Yeah. There was definitely there's an attitude yeah. to is it is it younger women? Is it single mothers? Yeah. It was it's definitely single mothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the state has a long history of mm-hmm. exclusion and discrimination. Absolutely. And absolutely and not not much has changed and like i have to laugh at the whole thing there the last couple of weeks with respect women and i said well that starts from this the top government church and the courts yeah yeah and until that does why should anyone else have respect for women you know you show by example and like there was one uh councillor was councillor td i think is he michael collins He's a Cork guy. He was up in the doll there when they were talking about the whole thing with respecting women. He did bring up, he was the only one that brought up about how women are every day going into courts fighting for maintenance from fathers of their children. And every day they come out of that court without getting any satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Every day. There's never any push in it. Um, I think last year there was um, a judge in Innes. I think he jailed three fathers in one day. So obviously he had a load of them up in front of him and he just said, that's it. Into jail. They weren't long paying up. Yeah. You know, so just simple things like that. But then like that, that comes against, we'll say the fact that I don't get maintenance. So like all that maintenance that I'm owed all these years would add up to a nice chunk of money that I could use towards a house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or if I was applying for a mortgage that they saw, oh, you're getting that as well. It might bring me over the line. But because things like that aren't enforced, that's where, like, single mothers are, are you know, um, being let down, and it it, yeah. it it stops them from getting that little little step further, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you do like all the years the way you're treated. Yeah, but I have to say, at the moment, yes, they are very nice. <laughs> I just wonder why. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, listen, Lisa, it's, it's, um, you know, as I said, your story is not, and your situation mm-hmm. is unfortunately not unique. Mm-hmm. I think it, it really does. It's a story that, that I'm really glad you came on and told. Um, I think that it needs to be told. We need to get it mm-hmm. out there. Um, this is not okay. It's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, for many, many people in this country, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more people know about it, the more we'll say this is not right. You yeah. know, 
housing is a basic need. It's a mm-hmm. human right. Um, mm-hmm. People should not be evicted from their homes for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. And it is just, um, I think, endemic of a, a housing policy that has gone so far wrong mm-hmm. um, and a housing market that's so broken that, you know, we really need radical changes to, you know, I think that this idea that you have people who aren't buying homes as a home mm-hmm. is wrong. That I think immediately mm-hmm. there needs to be measures that people who need a home can buy it, are supported to buy their home. Um, yeah. And and rent as well. The state needs to build rapidly, um, rapidly. And, you know, until then, I think, you know, that rent freeze is needed. I think that ban on evictions um, mm-hmm. needs to be put in place again to stop situations like yours. Um, Lisa, I wish there was more I could do and we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. And well, hopefully, and like that's the reason why I'm trying to highlight it. It's just, like I said, it's not, it's not going to make any difference to me, but it needs to be highlighted and it needs to be stopped from happening to anybody else. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm never one to keep my mouth shut. You speak it and things have to change. Um, big time. Um, like I just think they're like you have a renting problem because normally you'd have what twenty somethings renting, they move on and they buy, but now you have twenties, thirties, forties renting. Yeah. So that rental sector isn't freeing up because people can't buy houses. Yeah. You know. Um, and look, I get the whole building thing, but like I see here, Carsveen, there's plenty of properties that are lying idle. Or there's people that own, I don't know, 10, 15 properties, some rented, some not, some sitting there, whatever they were bought up to hide cash, whatever, or they're not selling them on or they're not renting them out because it'll cost them too much tax. All those things need to be dealt with. Like, I think they need to be CPO'd and you need to bring life back into smaller towns and give people homes. Yeah. You know, um, there's plenty of properties around the country absolutely plenty they just need to step up and do something with them yeah absolutely you know? oh, you're absolutely right the vacant homes tax and i think you're right the compulsory mm-hmm. purchase um yeah. it is you know and we know as you mentioned it earlier airbnb as well eating Big up time. you know property as well and particularly places like Kerry. Mm-hmm. um you know landlords getting out of renting and you know there was something Again, people ask, you know, about buying and that. Why Why is it so important for you that you buy? And I get from you, you know, it's about the security, isn't it? It's the security. Um, big time, first and foremost, the security. And also to be able to, like I said, to prove to myself and prove to my daughter that I can do this myself. Um, you know, and to, to, I suppose to, it would empower me and empower women to show that you can do it. You don't have to find a man or a partner to be able to do it. You can do it yourself and you yeah. should be able to do it yourself. Um, and not to feel like a failure because I don't know, your life hasn't turned out the way, you know, a fairy tale is supposed to. Um, yeah. So to feel that you can do it. And I, I know damn well, like first and foremost, and I've said that in banks, like I was like, first thing that'll be paid is my mortgage. Yeah. You know, if I need to eat and live on rice, then I live on rice, you know? And like the other thing as well with banks, 
is like, you know, obviously they use what child or children you have against you. And yet a young married couple can go in and get a mortgage, no problem, and go off and have 10 kids in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was there going, I'm single. I have one child. There's no other kids here. And yet I'm a risk. And the yeah. young married couple that can have loads of kids is not a risk. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it has to change. Uh, it has yeah. to change, Lisa. And listen, thank you so much for coming on and telling thank your you. story. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And hopefully it will do something. <laughs> hopefully it will. Absolutely. Um, and it, it definitely will put it out there. Um, and, you know, hopefully Kerry Council will be getting a few calls and others as well to yeah. uh, step it up and uh, take some serious action on this because it's not OK. Um, yeah. Lisa, thanks so much for joining me on Reboot Republic today. Lovely. Thanks, Rory. And that was uh, Lisa from Kerry, who um, whose story is really, again, each of these stories are so shocking in their own way and, and very, you know, they are upsetting. And, and, you know, it's so important that we tell them, we highlight them um, and we continue to do so. And if you want to tell your story, contact us. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rory Hearn or you can email RebootRepublic at gmail.com. Just get in touch um, or on Instagram as well. Uh, we do want to highlight these, highlight these stories um, because it is, we do believe it, it can make a difference and it will change things. It has to. We cannot let this go on anymore. Housing is absolutely a human right. It is a fundamental need. And we need to change fundamentally our housing system to put homes at the center and get rid of all this investment and speculation and property um, approach. People need homes and that's what they should have um, at the most basic level in this country. So thank you for listening. As always, you can sign up, become a patron of Reboot Republic. We're an independent media, completely reliant on our listeners, our patrons, our supporters. We don't get ads, don't get sponsorships, so we can continue to put out the podcasts that matter to you. Thank you to our patrons. You keep the lights on and the show on the road. If you aren't a patron, please consider going over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise become a supporter. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.